Hey, well, good morning, and can I uh, just wish all you fathers out there a happy Father's Day. So I uh, just um, want to say, hey, it's going to be an awesome day, and I hope uh, you've got some family around that can celebrate with you. Um, I'm going to indulge a little bit because it's Father's Day and I can do that So because I'm up here, so you've, I've got a captive audience. So uh, I just want to do a couple of dad jokes because I can. <laughs> Did you hear about the red and the blue ship? That collided. The sailors were marooned. Boom, boom. <laughs> what do rabbits need after getting caught in the rain? A hairdryer. Did you hear about the nurse who didn't want to be, become a doctor? She didn't have the patience. What is the least expensive type of teeth? Buck teeth. <laughs> what kind of music do you listen to when you go fishing? Something catchy. <laughs> it gets worse. Um, <laughs> what did T-Rex use to cut wood? A dinosaur. <laughs> uh, where do fish keep their money? In a riverbank. <laughs> boom, boom. Sorry about that. I just had to do that. It's Father's Day and uh, yeah, my brother-in-law, Paul Price, would just love those jokes. He'd be rolling around thinking that was wonderful. So... Uh, I hope that Dad gets to share some really bad jokes with you today and you enjoy that. So, But on a more serious note, I have a question for us this morning. For us dads, who disciples our family? Who disciples our family? Are we letting the world disciple our family or are we setting an example, a godly example? What does it look like to be a godly man, a godly leader? Well, this morning I want to just um, look at a verse uh, that encourages us in that sense. It's from John 1, uh, verse 4, and it says, uh, John 3, um, chapter 1, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. As a father, that is what warms your heart. As a father who follows after God, to know that your children are walking in the way of God is what really, really brings you peace and joy. And that is a godly posture, and I hope it's what you strive after and look forward to in your life as a father. It's not always guaranteed, though, is it? As we set that example, you know, we, we strive to be example and we, we look to God for that. But there's no guarantee that, that our instruction is always going to be the way in which our children follow. But be assured, men, that as we lead... Our children may not listen to us, but they will watch us and they will follow after us. It's a great encouragement for us to be thinking about how we conduct our lives. Like I said, there's no guarantee that those, the way we live is going to be the way our children will follow. But you can guarantee that they're watching us and the example that we set is what they're going to strive after. It says in, uh, in Romans 2, verse 21 through to 24 says you then teach others to do uh, do you teach yourself you who preach against stealing do you steal you who say that people should not commit adultery do you commit adultery you who desire you who despise idols do you rob temples you who boast in the law do you dishonor god by breaking the law as it is written God's name is blaspheme among the, the Gentiles because of you. I just wonder, fellas, are we living 
out in our lives what we say we stand to as far as God's standard. We say that we're a follower of God. We say that we want a disciple. We want to be a discipler. But what we're doing, is that ringing true? Is the example that we're setting to our wives, to our families, to our communities, to our workplaces, is what we do in action actually matched up to what we say our standard is? You know, like I said earlier, our, our kids watch us. A number of years ago, my youngest, Aaron, when he was eight years old, I, uh, he and his brother Sam were fighting and Aaron was being selfish. And, and I turned to Aaron and I said, you're just a selfish little sharp object. And he, he come back to me when he was 18. So 10 years later, he come back and we're talking about something just as a family. He said, do you remember the time that you called me a selfish little sharp object? And I said, mate, I said, that's 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you're still carrying that? You know, at the time, I didn't think it was anything, you know, any great thing. But here in this little heart, this little life, my language, my action didn't act, act, match up to what I was saying and who I said I was. And he was quite proud to bring that back to me and remind me that, you know, I hadn't quite been what I should have been. But my point is that they watch us. Our children watch us. Our community watches us. Our wives watch us. We need to be making sure that to the best of our ability, we're coming before God. And like we did this morning, that we're confessing our sins, that we're keeping short account, that we're being men that stand up and can proudly say we're a follower of God and, and admit when we're wrong. You know, when we fail and, and mess up, we need to say, hey, that's what I've done. I've fallen short. Forgive me. And at times we need to do that with our own children, of our own family. And we're proud. We're, we're blokes. We're proud. It's hard for us to do that. But my encouragement is that we will do that. That we'll step up to the plate and that we'll be men that will show an example, even an example of how to say I'm sorry. Proverbs encourages us. In uh, 20 verse 7 it says, The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children. So there's great encouragement in the sense that when we do take the, the effort to be Christ-like, to be disciples, you know, the whole concept of a disciple is it's like a, someone being apprenticed, that you're teaching them how to do it. I know my own dad, when I was young, he would show me how to use a handsaw and the principles of how to use a saw. He'd been a carpenter and he showed me those things. As I grew, he showed me... He, instructed me in different ways and it's the same principle for us as fathers to be instructing our families our children in the ways of God to be living that out and to be an example to them and then to see those fruits and there's no guarantee of that we know that we all know that our children have free choice but our obligation is to set that example for them you know a godly father is an incredible blessing and those of you that have had a father set that example you know exactly what I'm talking about and some great encouragement and this morning I've asked Ben if he'd come and share just in his own life and Ben come forward mate just Ben's going to share with us just some of the elements that a godly father has meant in his life and also some of those things that his father has instilled in him that now he can instill in his children I'm not going to steal his thunder thanks Ben just share with us mate some of the aspects of your dad and what that's meant to you beauty thanks Dave morning everybody 
What an absolute privilege to be able to share with you a few things about my dad this morning, or Popo as my kids call him. You know, I was brought up on a farm in northern New South Wales, um, uh, oldest of five, and I'm very fortunate, as, dad, as Dave says, to have a godly father and a godly example in my life. You know, as I was thinking about what I could share this morning, uh, there were several things that came to mind. I could speak about uh, Dad's work ethic and his commitment to hard work, or I could speak about um, the times that I've seen him be swift to hear and slow to speak and some of the wisdom that I've seen come out of that. But I thought what I'd do is I'd share with you a story, and it's a story of uh, when Mum and Dad were first married and just found out they were expecting their first child, and that child later turned out to be me. Um, Dad, who's a farmer, was sitting on a tractor ploughing a paddock uh, one morning and God put Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 in his heart and I'm sure you're probably familiar with that verse but if you're not, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I don't really know what happened between Dad and God that morning but what I do know and what I've seen over my life, the 29 years that I've been alive, so I've seen Dad's unwavering commitment to put God first, not just in his own life, but in his marriage, in his family, and in his business. And I find that truly aspirational. You know, Dave just touched on Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, but if I can repeat it, Dave, um, a righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Now, as a father to, to three children myself, I aspire to follow my father's example and to walk in integrity, put God first in my life. So um, that's a few thoughts. Dave, thanks. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ben. We can talk about stuff all we want, isn't it? But it's just beautiful to hear an example of just what it means, the difference that it takes and can make in someone's life. And this morning, I just want it to be encouragement. I want us to, in one sense, if we need to step up, men, that will do that, but also to be encouraged, that it does make a difference. That when we stand up for God, it makes a difference. It, the story that I want to focus this morning about is a man who did that, a man who stood up in immense difficulty, a time when things had got so depraved that God had said enough, enough. Now, I'll go to the Word and read the Word and then we can uh, look at it a bit more. So th this encouragement comes and this story comes from Genesis. So way back, very early times, things had got so bad. We think things are bad now, but things had got so bad that this is what God said. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in, the, in the God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people for the earth, will, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. 
So make for yourself an ark of, Cy an ark of Cyprus, Cyprus wood. Make rooms in it, coat it with pitch, inside and out. Let's paint the picture a bit. Here's Noah, 600 years old. Faithful man of God. In a community and in a, in a world that had gone so wrong. Turned to its own ways. It was so wicked. We think the world's wicked now. God had, he said, enough. I'm going to destroy you all. And he looked out and saw this one man. This one man and his family. A righteous man, a faithful man. A man that changed the whole landscape of humanity. And we're here because of it. Same with the animal kingdom. Because this man stood. Could you imagine? So here's Noah. Noah has brothers and sisters. There's an account of that in, in the you know, gospel account, that Genesis account, that he had brothers and sisters. Could you imagine his brothers and sisters coming up to him? Noah, what are you doing? You idiot. There's not even water here. What are you building an ark for? Come and drink, party with us. Don't be doing this. It's stupid. You're 600 years old. You're a silly old man. What are you doing? But faithfully he stood and said no. And the ridicule must... I just can't even imagine what the ridicule and the, and the rebuke that he got from everybody. Not just from his own family, but from everybody. And he stood faithful. And the, and the outcome of that was that he and his family were to come and be able to replenish the earth again, to have a reset. And great encouragement for us when we look at the life of what it means... Can, can an individual make a difference? Yes. Can you make a difference? Absolutely. Can you in your families make a difference? Can you in your community make a difference? Your workplace, your sporting environment, your mates. Fellas, we have got an incredible privilege to be following after God. There's a legacy that come with that. You know, even in, we see it in the Hall of Fame. We see that right there in Hebrews 11, it says this, By faith Noah, when warned about, these, about things not seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. And then it goes on, there's accounts of, um, of Noah and uh, Ezekiel and in First Peter, and in 2 Peter, he was talked about for a long, long time and referenced back because of his faithfulness. And just as we heard Ben share, the, the impact that living a life that's been carved out for God has an impact. Some of you men that I'm looking at this morning have impacted my life. As I've, I've spent years in this church growing up, the way that you've lived and conducted yourself has been a huge encouragement to me. And some of you may not even know that, but like, like Aaron, I've been watching. I look at you and I look at the way you conduct yourself, the way you carry yourself, the way you, you love your families. You've discipled me and I appreciate that and I thank you for that. It's a legacy that you guys have left me. And it's also some, a challenge for us men to be leaving those younger ones. We can make a difference. Our life counts if we choose to make it count for the Lord. You know, there's some practical things that we can do. It says in 1 Thessalonians, pray continually. Pray continually. 
we need to be men that are praying. We need to be praying for our, for our own lives. We need to be praying for the lives of our wives and our children. Men, if you're not in the habit of prayer, can I encourage you that you change that? There's things that we need to do as blokes that we need to change. We need to step up. We need to be leading our families in prayer, in devotion. We need to be setting the example, not letting other people set the example, not letting the world teach and instruct our children and our families. God calls us to do that. And we need to step up to the plate on that in many accounts. And I look at myself in that and say, David, you can do better. James 1 verse 5 says this, If you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Hey, what a great promise. If we need some more wisdom and I'm always needing that, go to God and ask him for it. God, show me how you want me to lead my family. Show me how you want me to lead my business. Show me how you want me to be involved in my workplace, in my sporting environment. How can I make a difference? How can I be brave enough or bold enough to stand up and say, yeah, okay, you might think I'm a silly old fool, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And there's some really practical things that we can do today, and I just want to encourage us in that. I just want, to, want us to think about some of the things that we can do. As I said, there's, there's prayer, there's devotion. You know, God's word in his instruction to us, his, his template that uh, he's laid out, he's given us his word. And in his word, it talks about his son, Jesus. And we've just celebrated and confessed this morning what Jesus has done for us. And there's no greater love story between a father and a son than Jesus and his father, is there? To the point that Jesus loved his father so much that he would go even to the cross for us. Jesus knelt down there in that garden of Gethsemane and said, Dad, if there's another way, if there's some other way, please. But because of his love and his relationship with his father, said, but I'll be obedient to you and I'll do what it is you've asked me to do because I love you and because I love your creation. And he went all the way to the cross for us, for you and for me. It's the beautiful example of what relationship is. And many of us would do the same we'd lay down our lives for our children because we love them and that's the kind of relationship that we need to be striving with with our heavenly father that we need to be working daily on our relationship with god so it gets to the point that we can do the things that he can he asks us to do that we'll have the guts to stand up and be the only person who says as for me and my house we'll follow the lord great encouragement so god's word prayer we've talked about prayer and that there's a great way for us to be able to have access to the power of God. And we know that he's left us his Holy Spirit. And that empowers us and gives us the strength that we couldn't otherwise do ourselves in our own wisdom and our own strength. You know, the other thing is in community. And us blokes aren't real good at that. But can I encourage you guys to get someone who's an accountable mate to come alongside someone you can have a coffee with, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, but someone who you can get alongside with and say, hey, how you doing? Someone who knows you well enough to who can say, hey, that needs to change. That needs to change. Someone who you respect enough that you say, okay, 
Will you help me? Will you hold me accountable to that? Practical ways in which we can do it, in living in community, in friendship, in relationship. Because as we know, it's only through that, that, those close relationships you'd ever get to the point that you actually listen to someone on those really difficult issues. But can I encourage us that we, we strive to do that, that we strive to be men who take the responsibility of fatherhood and be serious about it. And think about it, even the ones, even the kids that maybe don't have dads. Even the, the families that maybe haven't had a great father model. That like I said before, we can, as older men, we can be examples and an encouragement to those younger ones. Super practical way, our children's ministries, always crying out for men. You might think, oh, well, I've done a pretty good job in my family, but what about the families that sit in our context where they don't have that good role model of a father? You could be that to those, some of those kids. And even the ones that do have good kids, just someone else to speak into their life, an example. Just a wonderful, practical way for us to be able to share. So this morning, I'm not about trying to beat anybody up, not trying to about, but I'm just trying to be an encouragement for us to know that, hey, at times we can do better, isn't it? I think all of us folks would admit there's things that we can do that we know right now that sit in our heart that we know that we can do better. But what a privilege it is to be a father. For those of us that are fathers, for those that aren't, we can still be like Jesus and father others. We can still be that father figure to other people, to younger ones, to encourage them to walk and to stand up and to follow the things of God and to be accounted as a follower of God, to be accountable to each other in that discipleship journey. So this morning, I just want to say, hey, congratulations for dads. I want to champion you on. As families, I want you to champion your dad on today. You know, if you go for lunch, whatever you're doing, dinner, whatever you're doing, just make sure you say to dad, hey, appreciate you. Thank you so much for what you invest into me, for what you do in my life. So I just, I think um, as, the, as the team's coming up, I just want to pray for us now. I just want us to be aware of what our responsibilities is as men and be just so grateful that God has given us the privilege of being able to follow after him in this way of, of being fathers. So let me pray for us now and uh, let me encourage you as I pray that uh, God has given you an incredible position and responsibility and privilege as a father. Lord, I just want to thank you so much this morning as we've just we've heard from Ben and we've heard from your word and Lord we know in our own hearts that you're an incredible God you're an incredible father and as we look to you as being our father we just thank you so much for the fact that you loved us so much that you sent your son your one and only son and Lord that gives us such encouragement this morning to be able to follow after you it gives us the strength and the, the desire, the power to be able to stand up in situations that are just really difficult. Situations, Lord, where in our own strength we'd run a mile, but situations but with you. And as you've said, you promised, you, you'll give us wisdom, you'll give us insight, you'll give us your Holy Spirit to, to be able to stand in those situations. So, Father, help us to do that. Father, thank you so much. I just want to thank you for the fathers in this church, for the fathers that are online. 
for those that just stand up and have been counted as a follower of Jesus and the example that they've set and for us to be able to be encouraged from that and to say, hey, I too want to be a follower of Jesus. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen.